KRCL, Salt Lake City. Support for Radioactive on KRCL comes from our sustaining members and Mark Miller Subaru. Homegrown's alright with me. Homegrown is the way it should be. Homegrown is a good thing. Plant that bell and let it ring. Welcome to Radioactive, a show for grassroots activists, community builders, punk rock farmers, and DIY creatives. Every weeknight at 6, I'm Aldon Care, CL's punk rock farmer in the <laughs> studio with Lord Jones. Hey, you've been out and about visiting some uh, farmers, it seems like, uh, or at least one in particular. For sure, and farm stands, and I think, you know, that's a good way to go. If you want to, you miss the farmer's market, get to a farm stand in yeah. uh, Borski's is great up there in Kaysville. As you travel up towards Ogden, there's Sacco's. We're going to have her on the show uh, coming up in a couple weeks here, um, in a week or so here. And, um, yeah, I got to meet Taggy, and that was pretty cool. Yeah. And he's, like, one of the big kingpin guys. So Eat Local Week is what's been going on. You took it very seriously. You actually went to the farm. You picked it. <laughs> it I did. I've been making salsa. I've been – I had a full-on meal with everything farm fresh coming from the garden. I'm eating breakfast with eggs and stuff from chickens. And so I think, you know, you fall into this – pattern and the folks who live on farms that's what they eat and that's mm. the way they live and boy i'd love to be able to do that all the time so folks wrap up your eat local week challenge by just staying committed hit those farmers markets there's one just about every day of the week although the season's about a month left i would say there is. There's, and then we we have winter market here mm -hmm. in salt lake we're lucky so we we get that extension Coming up on the show tonight. Uh, we have Utah Food Coalition. Chandler and Jamaica are here with us, and they have some advanced um, films on pharmacists tonight. We're going to talk a little bit about what they've got going on. It's a newer organization, but they've got their hands in a lot of little things right now already. And you can follow along online. I've got the draft show post up at krcl.org. Just find the listing for today, and you can get links to all the organizations and events we're going to talk about tonight. you got Skywatcher Leo T. coming up. Uh, Dave John is here from Living the Circle of Life, but we're going to start where we always start, and that is with some fresh and homegrown music, Aldine. Yes, the Plastic Cherries are with us. How are you guys doing over there? We're doing great, thanks. Doing How great. Thanks for having us. Ooh. Awesome. Um, thanks, thanks for coming in. Thanks for playing with us. I know the first song is um, <laughs> Lovers on the Run. Tell me a little bit about some background on this one. Uh, so Lovers on the Run is our most recent single. We just uh, we just released it at the end of August. Love the video. Thank you so much. <laughs> Who helped you shoot that? Uh, our friend Nathan. He's actually here shooting video of us. Right All right. Now. Yeah. Say hi, Nathan. <laughs> you said a couple of singles earlier that we shared and when we posted the show. I made sure to include a link in it. And Al, look at this banana yellow vinyl from Gotta their album. I love that. That is super cool. Super Check hip. tonight's show post. We'll put a photo of that in there. Let's hear it, Al. This one is Lovers on the Run, and this is the Plastic Cherries, fresh and homegrown, right here on KRCL 90.9 FM.
Lovers on the run. up this time of year the rich milky way crosses the zenith just after nightfall the milky way extends straight up from the southwest horizon between sparkly sagittarius and the glowing tail of scorpius passing overhead through the summer swan and the star trails overhead running straight down to the northeast through cassiopeia and perseus and out on the solar system seven million miles out dark NASA's deep space pool ball, after a year-long journey, nudged asteroid Dimorphos of the binary asteroid Dimorphos and Didymos, lighting up the rock when impacted. NASA targeted the pair so that in the days following the impact, we're still waiting for some, uh, some sort of science on that, scientists can analyze to see if the impact has changed the orbit of Dimorphos enough to be a useful tool in knocking incoming space rocks that may be headed to Earth. 
This incredible cosmic pool shot has telescopes from all over the world aiming at the Didymos binary asteroid, hoping to learn all they can about the cloud of debris stirred by DART's impact, and more importantly, the effects of the collision on the orbit of the 560-foot-wide moonlit dimorphos around the 2,500-foot-wide main asteroid, Didymos. Altering Dimorphos' orbit around Didymos by at least 73 seconds is the primary purpose of the DART mission. We'll see. And even further out in space, the European Space Agency's very large telescope captured a view of the starburst galaxy with gas clouds of ionized oxygen, hydrogen, and sulfur shown in blue and red in the image we'll have on our website here. Bright golden swirling clouds of gas that generate an exceptionally high rate of star formation. The stellar nursery, a spiral galaxy, is located 50 million light years from Earth in the constellation Virgo. The starburst galaxy is one of the largest galactic members of the Virgo cluster, a large nearby grouping of galaxies where an unusually high amount of stars are born. In other space exploration, as Hurricane Ian closes to Florida, NASA is waiting to launch the new moon rocket now in October, somewhere between October 17th and the 31st, and if those don't work, November 12th is the next opportunity. Stay tuned, it's worth the wait as we launch back to the moon. As many cultures, one sky, the sky is everyone's heritage, and interpretations and engagements are worldwide. While the Maori in New Zealand see a Milky Way made of glittering pebbles, the Hindus see a school of swimming dolphins, the Finns a flock of birds, for the Cherokee it's a dog spilling a bag of cornmeal. The Hungarians liken the Milky Way to horseshoe sparks from cavalry hastening over the pavement to battle. The Zulu think of it as a cow's stomach, while the ancient Greeks saw milk sprinkled across the sky. In, in modern times, the Milky Way is the luminous band of faint light interspersed with dark clouds that encircles the sky, our galactic home, one we share with 200 billion resident suns and millions of solar systems. But it is also home to our imagination and a roadway paved with stardust and something magical and mystical. So feel the magic, keep looking up, looking around, and get lost in space. Skywatcher Leo T. And Leo, of course, you can follow him on Facebook. Check tonight's show notes for a link. Aldine Strict 9, it's time to talk about the Utah Food Coalition. Yeah, you guys are geared up and ready. Uh, Chandler Rosenberg's with us and J Jamaica Trinaman. And um, you guys have an event tonight, or actually, right? Or is that tomorrow? So that was earlier this week. It was just, earlier this week? Yeah. Oh, darn it. We did our films on food at Farm Series that we're doing with Slow Food Utah. So we're um, just trying to bring some films uh, about food to the community. And so kind of rotating to different farms to highlight different operations and things that folks are doing. So we did it at Roots Charter High School this week uh, with the Utah Film Center. Screened a show called Food for the Rest of Us. Very good. I, I was totally stoked on that, interested in that. Um, so let's go back a little bit then and start with the ethos and the mission you guys are on. Yeah, so I just realized after talking to some other folks in the food space about a year ago um, that there was a real need for a stronger voice in local food. And we have all of these amazing organizations and farmers and markets and people that are interested in local food and doing different things. Um, but there was a real need to kind of bring everybody together to have a stronger voice, um, both to educate the community, uh, advocate for policy, and then just kind of bring community together and uh, collaborate. And so you've there's a f quite a few little things you guys have been up to, and it's really cool. There, there's a grant program, potlucks at the farm, um, the, the food skills workshops, and also these films that now that this is a new one, right? The films is the la latest yeah, thing. Yeah, so the idea, especially in kind of these first couple of years, is to just really build relationships among folks in the food system, um, get people familiar with each other's work. And so 
basically we're just doing a lot of fun events. Uh, we've got a small farmer potluck series we're doing monthly where we're just bringing small farmers together. Um, we're doing a bi-monthly local food forum, which is similar, bringing folks and food together, but all across the food system, um, including folks in leadership. We've got folks from the USDA coming, um, some legislators. So that's every other month. Um, mostly been at Hello Bulk, but this next one will be October 16th at Wasatch Community Garden. Do you want to talk a little bit about that, Jamaica? Because yeah. you kind of got yeah. that going, right? What's the Hello Bulk connection here? Well, honestly, a number of us met through the Salt Lake City Food Policy Group, um, well, not group, the, <laughs> the Salt Lake City Food Policy, um, what are we, organization? Committee. Council. 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 Oh, yeah. or a council. Um, and we took some really cool courses on the value chain coordination, like how food gets where it gets in this country and how we could better do that. And it was so enlightening that we sort of reached out to some other partners, um, Eve, from Marcellus Foods and Chandler joined us and Lori Cerrone um, and we have been having meetings and we thought we really need to just create a space like there's so much power in just creating a space for people to come together and people that are producers and legislators and retail businesses and schools and whatever if you are producing or having anything to do with food we wanted you in this group and we want to address that value chain coordination and that's what the local food forum is for and so we're just creating that space and it's been really energizing there's been three or four of those meetings i've been to a couple and one coming up in november and i know the speakers are sarah and cimbria from red acre center down in southern utah so we're tying it all together yeah. we're, we're connecting the dots and it's um you know, it's it's been great to be a part of that and see, you know, where where KRCL can kind of help and push yeah, some absolutely. of those things along too. And um, hello, bulk though. Let's 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 shine a little light. Uh, you used to be right here in this neighborhood. You've yeah. moved to a different location. Mm -hmm. Tell folks what you're up to because this is a an upstanding mission just by itself. It is, and I like to say that when KRCL moved into my neighborhood, I ran away. No, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't, but that's basically what happened, isn't it? Sadly, sadly. Now you're over happened. on 3rd West, right? It's true. So we are on 1185 South, 300 West, and it's a refill grocery market. So you can really come with your own containers and avoid the purchase of single-use plastic and buy your groceries, your body care, your household cleaners. And we try to make it as close to one-stop shopping as you possibly can so that you can simplify your life. And we've been around for about four years, and we did um, move from this location near West High, you know, tucked away back here where we had a spot thanks to the Give Group. And we now are located over there just across the street from Target. So you're reducing uh, waste of all kinds, and now with the Utah Food Coalition trying to get some more efficiencies there. Last week we had Anne Dunaway on from the Ogden Food Council, and I was thinking to myself, what's the Salt Lake City Food Council Policy Council up to? So it's nice to hear that uh, meetings are happening. Are you finding this, that these uh, food policy councils are popping up and there's a, a need to connect folks across the state Chandler yeah that's kind of the idea is like the food system is so much larger than one organization or even one municipality and so um, Utah's actually behind the rest of the country when it comes to like support for agriculture at the federal or at the government level um, and just at the community level so we are very excited to see the Ogden Food Policy Council I think they popped up about a year ago yeah. um, 
but we still we could use more so um, it's definitely been great to figure out how we can all kind of get together and coordinate our efforts because they the work does go beyond just the councils themselves yeah. so what are you hearing from folks as you get these connections going and getting people fired up and the films on the farms what is it that they need or they want what is it that they want us consumers to understand about growing food and eating local yeah I think there's a big desire people want to eat more local food but it's not very accessible um, and a big part of that that we talk about a lot Jamaica and this kind of value chain coordination group is um, we're missing the critical supply chain infrastructure so um, in order to incentivize more folks to grow local food we have to give them a market um, so I think we need like a food hub type infrastructure. So that's kind of yeah, what Lori Saron has been talking yeah. about. Yeah, Allison Enerson has been on the show talking about it before and can't quite get the legislature to see that there's uh, wisdom in uh, putting the funds there because it's really small ag. Right. And they're used to their their friends that are a little bit bigger right and then you have these institutions like intermountain Healthcare or schools that are like we want to source more food locally um, but we can't you know buy from individual farms one at a time we just can't afford uh, that um, i'm so feeling synergy al i'm thinking yeah. the food hub's gonna happen this year at the legislature cross your fingers yeah for sure so. there's Definitely. a great article about what you're trying to do that ran in the trib on july 18th we'll put a link in the show notes for it by stephine russell and in it, she talks about your background, Chandler, um, coming from nutrition. Mm -hmm. And tell us about the connection there. That yeah. Is it easier for folks to get the nutrition aspect if they eat local, if they grow food? It's interesting. I was actually surprised. So I've been working with an organization called Plant Based Utah, started by healthcare providers, focused on encouraging healthy nutrition. But they really don't talk a lot about where food's coming from, and, which is interesting because you can, you know, be eating a healthy diet, quote unquote, fruits and vegetables from the grocery store that are grown, you know, covered in pesticides, poor labor practices, all sorts of things. So, just kind of got to a point where I realized we need to be kind of broadening our scope and talking about how food is being grown. And I think also when we think about food access. Um, the food bank, the emergency food model, a lot of what they're serving folks is processed, you know, sugary, shelf-stable food, right? Crap. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I think, you know, although it's a slower process in order to really like increase healthy food access, we need to empower people yeah. and communities to grow their own food. So more of your background, you know where the food's coming from. You worked at a Taggy's farm stand for a long yeah, time. Yeah, that was my, that was my start. I worked, I think when I was uh, 15 I started working at Taggy's every summer and then uh, left for school and then when I moved back to Utah I was doing the Saturday market down at Pioneer Park. Mm -hmm. You have a newsletter so folks listening can get engaged. Yeah, yeah. So what's the easiest way for folks to find you? Uh, Instagram, Utah Food Coalition, we're also on Twitter and then the newsletters kind of our deeper dives and you know events things going on. Um, working on the website, not quite up yet, but if you want to get in touch, either shoot us a message on Instagram or email at utahfoodcoalition at gmail.com. Great. We'll put those in the show notes. And Jamaica Treneman from Hello Bulk Markets, what's the website? And also, what's the website for the Neighborhood Hive that you're a part of up there on mm -hmm. 21st and 21st? That's right. The Neighborhood Hive is all about local makers, and it's a great place to just shop local. And that is just the Neighborhood Hive, all one word, dot org. And Hello Bulk has a website at hellobulk.com. And just kind of a clap back to, I think it was Monday's show when we had all the muralists on the first annual Bonnie Ball is coming up at the Neighborhood Hive. October 22nd sticks in my head, Jamaica, it if I'm is. correct. It is. It's October 22nd. And the Bonnie Ball is all about a benefit to... Um, 
say the Bonneville trout. The Bonnie is a Bonneville trout. So it's all about a fishy. Yeah, Chris Peterson is painting a giant Bonneville trout, I believe, mural over there, mm -hmm. and raised funds for a Bonneville trout tank education uh, tank as well. So all of that is going to be unveiled on the 22nd. Check tonight's show notes or the community calendar at krcl.org. Chandler and Jamaica, thanks for coming in. Thanks so much for Thank having you us. Thank you for giving us a platform. All right, we're going to get Dave John in here. And while we do that, hey, what's fresh? I'm here with Stephanie at the downtown farmer's market, Farmyard Fresh, Santa Quinn, Utah. You're here every Saturday, dear. Yes. What's fresh today? Oh, we've got lots of herbs. We've got rosemary, thyme, sage, basil, dill for all your pickling stuff. We've got baby kale and salad mix. And we held back our garlic, so we brought all our garlic. So that's exciting. And yeah, the end of our tomatoes. So. Very good. It's such a beautiful array of stuff, and your setup is really great. Come down and see her. She's here every Saturday at the downtown Farmer's Market, Farmyard Fresh. Farmyard Fresh with Aldine KRCL's Punk Rock Farmer. Going across the Wasatch Front, near and far, and Farmer's Markets to find out what's fresh in the agri-hood. Dave John is now joining us from Living the Circle of Life. Hey, Dave, how you doing? Uh, pretty good. Just getting my show ready it's going to be a busy sunday morning 7 to 10 a.m living the circle of life a show uh started in no small part by donna land maldonado who passed away earlier this week and last night we spent the entire hour al uh remembering donna fondly with stories and troy williams apparently was scared to death of her when he first met her, you her. check it out and listen to to the show and lots of other great memories and we're going to do it again on Living the Circle of Life uh, throughout the show. Uh, you've got a bunch of former hosts coming in, I understand, Dave? Uh, yeah, been making some calls and see who might be interested in coming in. Uh, so far, I talked to Tony Williams, uh, Jim, or James Bellagoni. Uh, they're interested. We'll probably do a Zoom with him. Uh, the other ones, I'm still waiting on word. Uh, probably Nino Reyes, too. Um, but I think I just got a call by one of them. But yeah, you're on the you're on the radio. So you yeah, so I'll have up. to call that number back. Yeah, you you are now the host along with Valine MC, the stewards of that show. One of the things you do um, is shout out a lot of things and milestones that happen. And I noticed online today that it's National Day of Remembrance for Indian boarding schools for those lost and survivors of Indian boarding schools. That's something you talk about on the show quite a bit. Yeah, um, I had the opportunity to actually go to her ceremony. Uh, we were heading out to stand with uh, the people that were uh, fighting against Line 3 out in Minnesota. And yeah, I knew uh, Cheryl Angel. She's been on the show yeah. a couple of times. And just kind of just, you know, to tell her, hey, we're out there, you know, just want to visit and stuff. And then she was telling me she was in Rosebud and they were getting ready to receive nine of the the kids. The remains. Um, yeah. And so we made a detour and uh, we didn't know where we were going and we forgot about the time zone change. So, you know, we thought, oh, we got an hour. But when somebody realized, you know, oh, they're ahead. <laughs> and so, so we're like, well, I guess we'll just still go and. You know, we'll probably miss everything, but I don't know. The way things worked out on that trip, we ended up 
actually being there, like I would say, 10 minutes before we could hear the sirens. Uh, they had a big escort with uh, more the motorcycles. Uh, they had the Standing Rock youth runners leading the way with a lot of flags. And, yeah, so lucked out. And and then, yeah, we went in, and they, they had some elders, you know, talking, blessing. They had families that would came came in you know, kind of took care of their remains because when they bring them in, they were in crates, but when they bring them to the tables, they had, you know, the buffalo robes and stuff to, you know, wrap them in. Yeah. Utah's still grappling with its own role in boarding schools. Yeah, yeah, there's still a few left, but, you know, they're, I don't think they're as harsh. A lot of them went to public schools now um but yeah because today was you know uh like you said you know uh wear your orange shirt because orange is the color that represents um uh, you know for the residential schools um yeah we made one uh we had a we actually sponsored a special at uh, red fawns uh Whippola. and so that was that special was to honor the the children so we had the orange shirt with our Defend the Sacred and our Pandas logo on it. And yeah, it, it went pretty good. And yeah, but that's another story too. Yeah. <laughs> so how can folks reach out to participate in Living the Circle of Life? Because you're starting to get more and more folks asking, you know, we got a story to share. We'd love to come on and talk about our event or our nonprofit. Oh, yeah. You know, and like when I heard you guys talking last night about, you know, where what Donna wanted to do with this station. And, you know, I think we have the same idea, too, is to get information out to the indigenous relatives out there on Wasatch Front and I guess all over where we have listeners. And so, yeah. Um, got a little interview with uh, Urban Ending Center with uh, uh, Mariah John and Tyrone Brown. Uh, they'll be talking about two events that are coming up. Uh, one's about pre-diabetes, and I think that's on the 11th. And on the 4th is kind of like a, an exercise type thing. And that one's open up to all ages. So Yeah. And that will be during the show this Sunday from 7 to 10. You're going to start. eBay's going to join you at the 7 o'clock hour. and for a remembrance of Donna? Well, he said he didn't expect all these uh, other co-hosts coming on, so he said he'll probably just step back and, oh, okay. you know, let them, you know, but he said he'll still come, you know, so. Oh, good. Yeah, it's always good to have backup. And Valine <laughs> MC, the co-host, steward of the show with you, um, she, through the course of this, learned that she was related through extended family to Donna, so literally the circle of life continues on your show oh yeah well that's what natives believe you know is yeah it life's a circle and i don't know if you notice mostly all my logos it's a circle yeah you know, so in fact you designed a new shirt that we're going to debut in a couple of weeks oh yeah kind of anxious about that and can't <laughs> wait to see we're it living the circle of life supporters <laughs> Well, Dave, John, thank you so much, and uh, thank you to you and Valine for taking on and taking over Living the Circle of Life on KRCL Sundays, 7 to 10. Yeah, and hope we do justice to the show. And But, yeah, like I said, after listening to everybody talk and what she's done, yeah, hopefully 
you know, we can carry on. I think you are. Mm, thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> All right, we're going to go back to our live band, Aldine. We got the Plastic Cherries playing in studio tonight. Got a couple gigs coming up, right? Yeah, we sure do. Um, we're playing at Fisher Mansion on Sunday. We're going to be playing from, I believe, starting at 6. Yeah, that's yeah. what I, and they're doing a, a whole thing this Saturday and Sunday where folks can uh, hang out, Fisher Brewing, of course, and Salt Lake City inviting folks over to the Albert Mansion and Car Albert Fisher Mansion and Carriage House. It's historic at 1206 West, 200 South, from noon to eight, Saturday and Sunday, all ages welcome, no ticket necessary. Ride your bike on over there, folks, and check it out. The Salt Lake City Bike Collective will be on site and provide a bike valet and you can see the plastic cherries sunday night at six sunday night at six and then after that we have a halloween extravaganza at urban lounge on october 28th that's 21 plus right oh yeah 21 plus <laughs> <laughs> come dressed up yeah come in your halloween best <laughs> well uh, how about uh, you introduce the band for us so my name is shelby maddock um i'm the vocalist and my husband is Joseph Maddock here. Hi. And um, I play guitar. We also have Wayne Burdick on drums, uh, Stephen Cox on bass, and Natalie Hamilton on the keys. Very good. This one is called Where the Light Wants to Go. Do you want to give a little, tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, Where the Light Wants to Go, it's actually the first song that we ever recorded together, Joe and I, when we first started um, making music together and it's one of our favorite songs off of our first album sunshine very good this is where the light wants to go the plastic cherries fresh and homegrown right here on krcl 90.9 fm Thank you. 
The International Rescue Committee in Salt Lake City's Warm Welcome Winter Clothing Drive is coming up October 7th and 8th. This event provides newly arrived refugee families with warm clothes for the upcoming winter. Visit rescue.org slash SLC to learn more. KRCL's Music Meets Movies celebrates the season Thursday, October 13th at Bruby Cinema Pub in Salt Lake, with the film Studio 666, a story written by Dave Grohl of the Foo Fighters, starring Dave Grohl and the Foo Fighters. In this horror comedy gore fest, the Foo Fighters rent a mansion to record their much-anticipated 10th album. Got a couple of ideas I've been working on. I'm gonna lay them on you. Dude, wait, 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 wait. It's called Everlong, and you wrote it about 20 years ago. Unbeknownst to them, the mansion is haunted. This is not just a creepy rock and roll house. It allows spiritual entities to cross into our world. Join KRCL Thursday, October 13th at Brubies in Salt Lake for Studio 666. 
Tickets at the door at 6.30, movie at 7.30. More information at krcl.org. Is the album almost done? Yeah, it's killer. <laughs> That's going to be a good time, folks. More details at krcl.org. Welcome back to Radioactive Punk Rock Farmer Friday Style. I'm Laura Jones, and at 7 o'clock, it's Democracy Now! And then Not a Sideshow with Circus Brown at 8. Friday Night Fallout with Keith at 10.30. Liquid Rhythms with Ken at 1. Chantilly's Saturday Breakfast Jam at 7 a.m. tomorrow. And then John Florence gets into the treehouse for Saturday Sagebrush Serenade at 10 a.m. All the shows you can listen to the last two weeks on demand at krcl.org. Aldine Strychnine, KRCL's Punk Rock Farmer. You know, you have so much that you grow in your own backyard uh, urban farm. And you put up a lot of it. And I don't even do that. I'm terrified of, <laughs> you know, you know anything more than a three-day freezer jam, right? So right. there's lessons to be learned from our next guest. Lessons to be learned. Anna Cash is here. She's the smart home canner on Instagram. She's always posting reels and and little clips of, you know, what you got to do to do things right. There's a lot of things you have to do to do things right, Anna. <laughs> well, it starts with a good recipe. And once you have that, you're golden. So I feel like, you know, that's that's the magic ticket, really. Mm-hmm. That's where you, the, the starting point. So it, there's obviously a few different kinds. There's high, high pressure, which scares me even more than just water bathing and and you also do some preserving and some drying and things like that too but the two main ones are water bath and high pressure correct yeah there's a water bath canning for high acid foods and uh, pressure canning for low acid foods so that's going to be like your vegetables your meat bone broth that you'll want to do in your pressure canner mm-hmm. at a higher temperature okay so that's good to know um is it as as scary? Is it going to blow up? Is it? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> well, there. It, that is honestly the number one question people ask about pressure canners: is Is it going to blow up? Am I safe in my own home kitchen? And the answer is yes. Uh, there are some additional safety measures that they've added to newer pressure canners, um, and like anything, once you get started and you know how to do it, you're going to be safe. So the one of the big questions always is, I mean, you're doing jams, you're doing, you actually do meat. Um, mm-hmm. Salsa is the one that has a, an aura around it that is kind <laughs> of like, you, if you don't do it correctly, the tomatoes don't have enough acid. Is that what it is? Yeah, so um, on the pH scale, uh, high and low acid foods right in the middle at 4.6 are tomatoes. Uh-huh. And um, it just runs this really fine line of, of what you can and cannot process. And and they've uh, the USDA has recommended now that all tomatoes, if you're going to water bath can them, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, you will need some additional acidification. So that's going to be citric acid, lemon juice, lime juice, or... Uh, Vinegar? Vinegars. Yeah. And so if you're doing your own salsas uh, in the water bath, just make sure that you have a tested recipe. I know you don't like tested recipes, Al. You like to go rogue and have some fun. You want to make it how you want it to taste, right? Yeah. But in in order to do that, you're kind of skating the line a little bit, and you don't know exactly what you have. Um, There's a, a special food pH device 
and there's a place where you can get it. Yeah, yeah. We were talking about this before the show. There are a couple options if you have a salsa recipe that you love. The first option is to freeze it. Uh, In a freezer-safe container, you don't have to worry about botulism if you freeze it. Uh, The second option uh, is to get a pH reader. And I have one that I love from a company here locally called Thermoworks, and it's about $80, and it's a really hyper-accurate pH reader. Um, This is for, like, somebody who's, like, really, really into canning. It may not be affordable for anybody uh, that's, you know, just dabbling. But you and I, Mm -hmm. we love uh, Mm. putting up food, so... It's a good idea. You know, I told uh, I told uh, Allison Enerson I was going to make some salsa, and she said, "Oh, what's the recipe?" And she's like, "Are, are you using a ball recipe?" And I'm like, "No." <laughs> and, and like, she got me thinking, and she's like, "Do you know you're going to kill people?" And I said, "I only <laughs> oh, <no>. give." <laughs> she's like, "I only give it to my friends. You're going to kill all your friends." <laughs> and so. Uh, you know, it got it got me thinking, and and obviously I, I looked for a pH thing, and the little test strips you test your pool with won't work <laughs> for food. No, those colored that? test strips. I mean, the the variations and the gradations on those are not as safe. But we used to do this all the time in our country, and I get yeah. that you know some folks are better at it than others. So, it sounds like you're telling us to be informed home canners. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a really great uh, website called the National Center for Home Food Preservation. And luckily in our state and in a lot of states, there are extension offices and they geek out on food preservation Mm -hmm. and they want people to do it safely. They're not out there to like police your kitchen. They want you to do it safely. And so uh, you can reach out to your local extension agent and say, this is my salsa recipe. Can you give me ideas about how to make it safe for home canning? Mm And uh, maybe it's adding a little bit of vinegar or, or mm-hmm. a certain amount of lime juice or lemon yeah, juice, exactly. right? Yeah, exactly. Okay, so salsas are the ones to watch out for, folks. And, uh, you know, get your little device or make sure you check with someone. Use a tested recipe. Use mm-hmm. a tested recipe. So uh, a few of the basic questions. Can you reuse the lids? Can you, can you reuse the jars? Uh, obviously, you can reuse the jars. Yes, And you can reuse the bands, the part that you tighten. Mm -hmm. Um, And then they recommend that the two-piece lids you only use once for canning. You can reuse them for other purposes. So that little insert, right? Yes, on the top. So when when your jars get the film on them from, like, hard water or something, Mm -hmm. what are you using to clean that off? Um, I just use soapy water. Soapy water um, will do it. But you can uh, you can eliminate that a little bit by adding some vinegar to your hot water bath. To when you're cooking it, when you're yeah. boiling it, mm-hmm. okay? Because your your lids come out kind of yeah, kind of yep. hazy and stuff like that. So yep. that's good to know. Good one. Um, would you try the contents of a two year old <laughs> of a two year old jar if it? was totally sealed and it looked good no bulging yeah i mean you mean like something i can yeah something you can like if i I look in the the shelf and say "Ooh, this is from 2018 sure yeah um if if you have done all of the steps to properly can something and it's sealed it's good 
in perpetuity. Wow. Like freezing, right? Mm. But the quality goes down over time. Yeah, so it might lose a lot of its flavor. I remember going through my mom's cupboards, you know, Laura, it's time for you to clean out the kitchen cupboards. <laughs> and I dug way back in there. I'm like, Mom, these cans, they don't look so good. Yeah. They're like 10 years old. Oh, yeah, I forgot those were back there. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm going to take these carefully because they're like an IED. I'm going to take them out to the garbage can, and I'm going to throw it and run. Yeah, no. Um, as long as it's sealed, yeah, uh, and it's if it's done bulging, properly, yeah, bulging, no. Um, and if it's cracked or you know leaking. you notice the lid is leaking, <laughs> and, right. you know, obviously, put those in your obviously. Yeah. So salsa is one of the harder things uh, with a little more stipulation. When you're making a lot of jams and a lot of preserves and stuff yeah. like that, are they a little more forgiving yes. as far as canning? Yeah, absolutely. Fruits are a high acid food, and so um, there is a lot less risk of botulism. In fact, in Europe and in certain parts of uh, Eastern Europe, pe people don't even water bath their jams and jellies. They put a lid on it, and they put it in, in the cupboard. In the, ooh, in, even in just in the cupboard. cupboard. How fast should you eat but that? But you that will way. know, well, the sugar will preserve it for probably about a month or two. But you'll start to notice things, uh, not botulism, because it's not a sealed container. The taste goes funky. Uh, there might be some molds uh -huh. or uh -huh. uh, other issues that you'll see mm. on the top of the jam. So, um, you know, different parts of the world do different things. types of preservation. Yeah. They, they, don't, they leave their eggs out on the... Oh, you know, if the egg came right out of the chicken, and they we just, don't scrub it because they just film. leave it on the I, shelf. I, I did that when we have chicken. You right, know, like right. there are certain things that. Uh, oh, where's that info about doing. chickens? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, they the. This is a newsletter. Did, 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 folks, there is avian bird flu going on, and they wanted us to remind you: if you have a small number of chickens in your backyard, you need to be looking for symptoms, and uh, you can go to ag.utah.gov/hpai for more details. And, of course, ag.utah.gov, if you can't remember all of that, and look for the avian influenza update. They just had to euthanize, um, or in this number, some that had already died, 400,000 turkeys down in San Pete County. Wow. Oh, my goodness. So uh, it lot. is an issue, yeah. folks. And it's uh, they're really wanting to say, hey, you got a backyard chicken flock, duck, geese, turkey, game birds. You know, strengthen your biosecurity practices. All right. Back wow. to our regular scheduled program. So <laughs> we were talking about jams. How about yeah. a quick jam recipe? Oh, sure. Um, one of my favorite jam recipes is a berry jam recipe. It's nine cups of berries, six cups of sugar, and you cook that until it's the consistency you that want. you want so yeah. until it sticks to the spoon when you hold it up. Yeah, I made peach preserves today and I just I used cane sugar and I put cinnamon and I cooked it down and I cooked it down and mm -hmm. I kept cooking it down and stirring it until it was just, you know, when it was boiling, it's, it's making those noises yes. and it's thick, oh, you can tell. Plop, plop, plop. Yeah, so yeah. good. <laughs> jams, jellies, preserves. What's the quick difference? Uh, jams have fruit bits in them. Jelly is usually a strained juice uh, that's turned into a jelly. Uh, what was the other one? Preserves. Uh, preserves. Sometimes they have nuts, like a conserve preserve. Sometimes they'll have nuts or uh, interesting thick things in them. We had a couple of grape juice questions. Okay. And um, turning grape juice into into um, jello into jelly jelly yeah. is that possible, or do you need the fruit? 
Nope. You, uh, so at my house, I use a steam juicer. It has a giant hopper at the top because I have a lot of grapevines. And so I throw all the grapes in there, stems and all, steam out the juice, and then I use that juice for uh, jelly. Cool. Yeah. And then um, what about the juice itself? Can it be canned? Uh-huh. You yep, I've done that before. Um, what you'll notice over time, though, when you bottle grape juice is that sometimes it will develop like sugar crystals in the bottom or like some type of uh, crystal in the bottom. Yeah, sediment of some sort. Yeah, uh, I, I've i never eaten those. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I usually <laughs> strain them out. Um, but yeah, grape juice is fantastic. Mm. What's the oddest jam or jelly combination that you've done? Ooh, um, well, last year I really went down a rabbit hole of like super hot pepper jellies i saw i got to taste some delicious um our good friend shirley gave Mm -hmm. me some really hot peppers and i had a firehouse my my brother-in-law was working at and he was like get it hotter i want hotter so (laughs) i was like sourcing reapers and i was ghost peppers and scorpion peppers Mm -hmm. um so i went down that rabbit hole last year that's pretty cool. Is the steam coming off of that? Does that scorch you in more ways than one? Yes, yes, absolutely. And I had to cook it outside because I didn't <laughs> want it in my kitchen. And, you know, the vapors that yeah. come off those uh, hot oh peppers goodness, are yeah. rough. Yeah, you, <laughs> even just cleaning the seeds out of them, they get up your nose and woo. It's yes. good stuff. Clear your sinuses. Yeah. And so, Anna, you're, you have classes and things you do all the time. Do you have anything coming up? Um, So I just finished uh, hosting a canning retreat, and that was last month. It was so fantastic. It was, like, beyond. Where did you guys go? Did you go somewhere? Um, Yeah, I rented an Airbnb up in Ogden Valley in Eden, and there were two kitchens, one upstairs, one downstairs. It, I mean, it was the perfect place for somebody who wants to geek out about (laughs) food preserving. Sounds fun. Um, It was a weekend. um, We had workshops and excuse me, a couple of my friends came up and they made local food and the food was just excellent. The company was amazing. Um, Seven out of the eight women that came were from Instagram. They came from all over the United States. Oh, wow. Which was so cool. Your tagline is learn to can like your grandma. And so I was going to ask, who is coming to you for classes these days? Uh, Usually it's women between the ages of 25 and 45. Um, it's people who want to really tap into their roots. Maybe they didn't learn from their mom or their grandma. They didn't have the opportunity, but they just feel this need for locally sourced food that's really good. Maybe they got into gardening during quarantine and they just like have this bug. Yeah. Great stuff. You know, this this year, last year I talked to you a little bit about making some making some uh, salsa. And making it correctly so that we could actually put a label on it and maybe sell it. And we we kicked it around a little bit. This year I grew 36 extra tomatoes and 36 extra pepper plants. And it was the worst growing year ever. (laughs) And uh, most of my tomatoes got stunted. And a third of them died from the fusarium rot thing that was going on. We had... Nick Valeski on last week from USU, yes. and he told us a little bit about the perfect storm that created the fungal thing, and and I got it. My garden got oh, it. My I'm tomatoes. Sorry. 
I have a lot of peppers though. Yeah. Oh, nice! <laughs> and so, so I'm I'm them? drying in them. I dried these sweet ones that I had from Peru. That was the first year I grew them. Um, it's a project where our friend is down in Peru and he brings the seeds. The RBBs you've had yes. before, those are on their fifth year here. In, in, and I have some red ones on my plant this year, so I'll have the next generation on that one. But I have a ton of chili de arbol. Like I have mm. 18 plants, and they're all red and sticking straight up. And what are you going to do with them? There's a ton of them. Yeah, what's and the Scoville level on those? It, I'm I wanna, not sure. It's in between. Hot? somewhere but the thing is is it is they're very flavorful but the way they make this salsa and that I don't know too much about is it's dried so they dry the pepper and then okay. they pestle it they make it into a paste okay. and then I'm not sure what the <clears throat> liquid is is to make it get on the chip mm. I'm gonna I'm gonna you got some research research this yeah. a little bit because I have a ton of those peppers. Ah. <laughs> oh, man. We could geek out for hours Our, on yeah, this. Yeah. Yes. Is there anything else coming up that you're going to do as far as classes, Anna? Um, yeah. I'm going to start doing local classes in Ogden at Brookie Bakes in November. We usually do, like, some type of holiday jam or jelly classes. Um and then pressure canning throughout the winter, I'll be teaching those classes. Very good. It was great to have you, Anna. Tell folks where they can get in touch with you and find you. Yeah, I have a website called Smart Home Canning. Um, I have digital courses available, and I just started a podcast two weeks How's ago. How's that going? I was noticing that. Um, per- perfectly preserved? Yes, perfectly preserved. Um, it's been fun. I really love it, but... Uh, I don't know. I I <laughs> geek out hard, and so you have to be really into it maybe to listen. Um, you're funny. You're great. You. Uh, when Thanks you're, for having me. They're really you're really you you come out in the videos and things that you make you're oh, not your grandma's canner That's preserver right. <laughs> thank you so much for coming down and we're gonna go try Elle's peach salsa here after this last song yeah. from the plastic cherries our band for the night which has gigs october 2nd that's sunday 6 p.m at fisher mansion the 28th at urban lounge big halloween extrav- extravaganza shelby yeah <laughs> What's your costume going to be on the 28th? Have you decided yet? Oh, it's a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> got to come check I, it out. I think you guys have enough time to play the little interlude part that you oh, want. Oh, okay, good. So go right ahead. But this... before we start, where can people find them? Yes. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at The Plastic Cherries. Um, we are kind of in a website is in the works. Uh, we're on all the streaming platforms as well. Yeah, Spotify, all the streaming Apple platforms. And, and all that. And we'll put those links in the show notes. Thanks to our audio engineers, Sullivan Petchenpang and Connor Estes. Thank you so much, you guys. What's this song, Al? This one is called... That's <laughs> <laughs> all right. We're going to play the full interlude as well as yes, this song. Yes, this one is called Moon 2. This is fresh and homegrown. The Plastic Cherries right here on KRCL 90.9 FM. See you at the farmer's market, Al.
KRCL, 90.9 FM, HD1 in Salt Lake City, Ogden, and Provo. 96.7 FM in Park City, on the web at krcl.org. Listener supported, community radio.